1: Welcome in, everybody, to the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast. Your host here, Billy Musio, alongside Jody Smith. And tonight, we're just going to jump into it tonight, Jody. We're going to talk our top six must-draft rookie-wide receivers. We're going to touch base on best ball. We're going to touch base on redraft. We're probably going to sprinkle in some dynasty, but these are some receivers that we Absolutely want to own shares here in the 2022 season, and we'll go through them. We'll list why. We'll talk about what metrics we like, what they have, their team fits, their 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 size, their abilities, as well as what their vacated targets may be, and what we could expect in terms of fantasy production out of them for year one. Jody, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, a lot better
0: than I was last week. That uh, that bachelor party that us old guys rustled off to a couple of weeks ago was uh, kind of rough on all of us. So. uh you know, I don't, I don't recover as well as I did, so I appreciate uh, Josh filling in uh, last week. You guys did an outstanding job going over uh, stuff last week. Did a good job. So glad that he's not, you know, coming on on a permanent basis to run me out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of analytics based last week. It's a nice mixture of analytics and film, and and we ran through um, all those guys. But let's let's just jump in tonight. Let's give the people what they're here for. Why don't you start with your Uh, one of your three must-own wide receivers for 2022 season?
0: Well, you know, when looking at them, uh, you know, I looked at it from the perspective of what I've been doing this off-season, if you want to call it off-season, early on here, uh, you know, in the summer. And for the most part, most of my dynasty drafts, you know, I'm usually like 10th or 11th or 12th or, you know, 8th. I I usually can feel a pretty competitive team. So I wanted to look at, Not the obvious guys towards the top. I wanted to look at the back part of round one. And in looking at that, there was a couple of guys that really interested me. Uh, First is uh, Chris Alave for New Orleans. Um, You know, I think he's walking into a good situation. Obviously with the Saints, shoot, if anything, he could be their number one receiver because, you know, Michael Thomas, we don't really know what to think about him after sitting out all of last year. The the hesitation I have with Alave is Winston because James Winston was great. In the, the part that he played last year, but when you take out Sean Payton, it's a it's a major uh, you know concern for me. So I'm not sure what to think of the Saints. I, I'm glad that they're in you know win now mode, and for the most part, uh, you know, given this choice here, like I said, in the position that I've been drafting eight, nine, ten, I generally am going to take Olave. But the guy I want to talk about, uh, Sky Moore, uh, actually went just after. Um, who was it that he went uh, after in round one? Uh, Sorry,
1: I'm sipping my coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're both taking it easy today. I'm on water and you're on coffee. Like, you
1: know. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go but, to work uh, in a couple hours.
0: <laughs> so Sky Moore. No, Andrew Erickson, good friend good good friend of ours, good friend of the show, uh, has been hyping him up. And in one of my dynasty drafts, he actually just wrote up. He actually traded up just to get in front of me <laughs> so he could take Chris Moore. But anyway, I'm looking at Chief Moore. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Chief Moore. Sky Moore, he's walking right into a great situation and a fantastic offense with the Chiefs. And, and Billy, as you wrote up uh, last week at a Full-Time Fantasy, you did a a terrific job going over all the vacated targets and percentage of air yards that were vacated, and and that was a fantastic article. Everyone should check out. The Chiefs have the most vacated targets in the NFL at 360. Of course, the big portion of that is the big gaping hole that is Tyreek Hill now residing in Miami. But there is the the role potentially for skymore as the number one receiver. The chief, um the chief signed Juju Smith Schuster. I, I envision him st- remaining in the slot. Their other perimeter receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantley, uh still, as far as I can tell, it's still a situational deep threat. That allows a a talented guy like like Sky who has inside outside flexibility and versatility. He can line up in the slot. He can line up on a perimeter. Um He's fantastic at getting off the line of scrimmage and creating space. Pro Football Focus rated him as their number four overall wide receiver last year and in showing how he how versatile he is as a route runner, and especially in the, the short to medium part of the field. He was sixth in Pro Football Focus's ratings against zone coverage. That should come in handy for these defenses that kind of did that little cover two shell last year to slow down Kansas City for a little while. That's something that would work out really, really well for Sky Moore. But he also ranked fourth, according to Pro Football Focus, with 3.60 yards per outrun versus man coverage. So you're talking about a guy that is able to find gaps. He's, fine. He's able to get open versus man. He's able to get open versus zone. Overall, great speed, size, combination. I like Sky Moore. I think he's got a real potential to be the chief's number one receiver. Um, Travis Kelsey turns 33 in October. Uh, we could start to see him actually, you know, take a step back. And when you're looking at, at uh, ADP, uh, Chris Olave is, is, uh, according to fantasy pros, ADP is going around 48 to 50 and, uh, Sky Moore's an ent- entire round later. He's 60, 61, somewhere in that range. So I like that like that value at that point. And in my early look at projections and whatnot, I, I think Sky Moore's the kind of guy who's going to put up a few – he's going to put up a handful of, of big games. I have him as being you know a pretty good best ball investment. A guy that's going to put up three, four, 500-yard games, and it's totally possible. I, it's hard to see him not getting triple-digit targets. And you get a guy with his skill set, his ability to get open. Kansas City's offense with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, he's just a guy that uh, if I have, if, if my dynasty drafts fall my way, I'm gonna you know exit as many first rounds as I can with him.
1: Yeah, his value in the FFWC is has been pretty good value too, especially given the the team stack that he is on. We see him going around 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 ten, around eleven at the FFWC in these early best ball drafts. Um, you know, it, this is the super flex. So you're going to take out a couple quarterbacks. He's going to swoop into like, you know, the ninth and 10th round there um, once we get out of super flex. But typically going around wide receiver like 48 to 52 um, out of drafts over at the FFWC. And I like the kid's talent, right? He just, you know, has incredible speed, quick footwork. You know, he can create space with his excellent route running. So this is what the chiefs need was a route runner, right? Because they have speed already. They already had the hardman, you know, they already had the burst and and they already have MBS. So the footwork here is what's going to separate him from, from the other players on this field and is going to give him, you know, more opportunities, um, what are you thinking for 2022 in terms of redraft purposes? What are you thinking he's going to finish as a wide receiver prospect? Are you going to say wide receiver three, wide receiver four? Does he have wide receiver two upside? What's your initial take?
0: He probably has weekly wide receiver two, three upside. But, you know, he's going to be – when we get into – Billy, when we get into projections real heavily here, he's probably going to be, for me, right around the ADP I listed. I, probably I'll have him higher than 60. So you're talking about wide receiver four five range. And, and again, that's about where his – that's about where his value is. And like I said, um, I think he's in a pretty good situation. And uh, I, I currently project him to actually, you know, easily be their starter from the perimeter. And then, uh, you know, I still, I'm not sold on Nicole Hardman. So, you know, maybe there's a split between him and MVS. Cause again, that's another guy that, you know, never really proved it to us in green Bay. So.
1: Okay. I like it. Mine's a little bit more straightforward here. And I'm going to start off by saying Drake London. And uh, I want to say one, he is a redraft target for me as well as a best ball target for me. Um, you know, he's, he was the first wide receiver selected off the board, pick 1.08. I mean, he's in an excellent combination of just size and speed. He, you know, came in at six foot four, 214 pounds. I mean, he is the prototypical X receiver that you know, most wide receivers or most teams that are looking for in a receiver. He continuously beats double teams. He has that large frame. He's able to box out defenders and shield them out of uh, contested catches. And he consistently wins those 50-50 balls. On top of it, he's got pretty damn good ball tracking skills as well with leap timing. Like Overall, he was one of my top wide receivers in this draft class alongside Wilson, who I thought was just a great route specialist. But I look at his role and immediately steps into like a wide receiver one role in this Atlanta Falcons offense. The thing I like about him over players like Burks and, and other, you know, high, high drafted wide receivers in this draft class, where that he has somebody to take off that pressure off him, you know? So he has Kyle Pitts running on the side with him. He's going to take off pressure across the middle of field And you mentioned the vacated targets I posted earlier last week. Falcons have the fifth most vacated targets in the league with 238. That's 42.88% of their team's target share that's available for the taking. I mean, we all know they lost Ridley during the suspension. You know, he's only competing against players like Auden Tate, Olamide Zakias, you know, Demir Bird. I mean, you can just name the amount of crap that's on this roster that he has to compete against. And a way I look at it is he's not going to come off this field. You know, I expect London to contribute immediately. I really do. I mean, this passing game, I think he should be a pretty solid wide receiver, too, on a weekly basis, especially in best ball, where he's going to have some spike weeks. But, you know, for for redraft purposes, you know, I think he's going to make a very intriguing play, and I think, you know, he's probably going to come along a little slow in the beginning as they create that rapport with the quarterback and what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. That's kind of to be determined and to keep an eye out for, but he's being drafted in FFWC between wide receiver 35 and wide receiver 40 going kind of in that seven to eight round draft pick range inside those drafts. And I think at that price with the upside that you have from him, especially with a touchdown upside, that's why I like him in best ball. Like I think that the touchdown upside that he has on a weekly basis with that size frame, I think it's going to pay dividends.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good range to be able to get a, um, an undisputed wide receiver one that late at FFWC drafts and you're talking about, they're going to see a lot of good game scripts. Cause I mean, what are the Falcons projected to win? We talked about that last month. What was it? Four and a half, four games. Actually, were they up like five or six regardless? You're talking about one of the worst offensive rosters in football easily. So it's hard to see the Falcons being real competitive. So they should see a lot of, uh, you know, favorable game scripts. I I don't see anyone else emerging as that team's number one. And you know, what's your uh what's your take on how many targets he's gonna get i mean what do you look you, you got to look at like
1: 120 yeah i haven't so you and i are gonna be hopping into projections here in atlanta's gonna be one of the first teams we do because i usually go alphabetically but i don't know are we gonna are we gonna go alphabetical or are we gonna go by conference i, I don't think we've decided that we? I, I
0: i generally do just like you said i just start with arizona and yep, start, way down. the start magic after that
1: so yeah so it'll be one of the first teams we do i'm gonna assume 120 is probably realistic i mean I, I usually like to do like a, a a floor projections, a median projections, like a, a ceiling projection, right? And I'd say 120 might be the floor, quite frankly. Like that's how many targets are available in this offense. And when you go out and select somebody with, you know, the first wide receiver off the board, you expect to use them quite a bit year one. So I'm going to probably say 120 to 140 is realistic in targets for year one. And, I mean, that's, that's going to put them on the wide receiver two map here. And at round seven through eight in start three wide receiver, I mean, that's a steal in my opinion. All right, who's your number two?
0: Why don't we look at the guy who actually was taken one spot ahead of Sky Moore. That's Alec Pierce in uh, Indianapolis. It's another guy, uh, you know, a key point that we've talked about, Billy, is, is is opportunity. And I'm looking at Indianapolis, and I see a vapid opening for Alec Pierce to walk right in and be the perimeter starter in place of T.Y. Hilton. And I feel like with Pierce being flexible, we'll talk about that in just a second. Even if T.Y. Hilton were somewhere resigned, and I don't see why they would be interested in him. I think Pierce can move right into the slot. And so I, I project he's going to start for them. Like, but like I said, he was taken number 53 overall one spot ahead of a Skymore. The Colts also lost, uh, Zach Pascal, if anyone's concerned about him, even though he was in one of the uh, least efficient receivers in football last year on a lot of the charts. But like I said, the Colts, they just have this opening. Right now their depth chart is um, – what's his uh,
1: – They have Pittman.
0: So bad. Pit, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my, Michael Pittman's great, but I'm talking about opposite him. Desmond Patton, Ashton Doolin, Kiki Q.T. I mean, these are guys um, – you know these are guys that aren't even getting drafted for the most part. I, I think they're going to run a lot of 12 sets, and I'll be interested in in, in how many with uh, Mo Alley Cox and uh Jelani. Come on, you
1: forgot Paris Campbell, come on. <laughs> well,
0: he's, he's he's projected to be their slot guy, but you're talking about a guy that's missed what 80% of his game, <laughs> yeah. he's hard to rely on. I, I project right now that Pierce is going to start on the opposite on the perimeter outside with Pittman and uh. Campbell will generally be, you know, for the most part, be your wide receiver three if he can get on the field. Um, uh, You're looking at uh, vacated targets. It's again, um, the Colts had the seventh most vacated targets from inside the 10 yard line. So you're talking about they're going to be improved in that area now. Because look at these, look at the size of these receivers that Matt Ryan, who should be a, a huge improvement over Carson Wentz as it is. Look at the size of the receivers on the outside. Alec Pierce is 6'3". Michael Pittman is, what, 6'4", 6'5". Mo Alec Hawks is 6'6", I want to say. Jelani Woods, the other tight end, if they run 12-6, 6'7". He's a monster. Alec Pierce, great size. He's 6'3", 211. He ran a 4 uh, It's That's a 95th percentile speed score. He also had a 94th percentile speed burst score. He's able to get open. Like I said, he he has uh, inside-outside flexibility. Uh, He also has a 98th percentile catch radius. The dude, he's got big arms. He's going to make a great intriguing target for, uh, you know, Matt Ryan. While he wasn't hugely productive at, at Cincinnati, it's because he was situationally used mainly as a as, as a deep threat. I think he can be a lot more than just that. I think he actually is really, really good at creating space in an intermediate area. And I think that's uh, a perfect example of how I expect him to use. And looking at his rookie ADP, he's right there towards the latter part of, of round two or uh, – Dynasty League football has him at uh, wide receiver. or Excuse me, overall player twenty-one in rookie-only drafts, but in Fantasy Pros ADP, he's ninety-nine. So he's going way later in these drafts. And from what I, everything I'm looking at early on, I, I'm projecting him to start. I think the Colts are going to be the AFC South champions. We talked about that last month. It should be a vastly improved offense overall, and uh, I think he's walking into a great situation. And and I love. If you can get him to the top of the third round, even better. But I love exiting, you know, round two with Pierce. Cause like I said, I, I I have him plugged in as a starter. And again, your objective in these rookie drafts is identifying opportunity. And uh, all the guys we're going to talk about today are walking into pretty favorable uh, situations.
1: So redraft purposes, where are you putting them on the map?
0: Oh, he's like that. So... <laughs> Again, like I said, my early indication is he's going to be their starting wide receiver, too. So he'll be one of the, um, I don't know, lesser wide receiver, too. So, you know, I would have him uh, behind Sky Moore in the simple uh, things looking at. There are a a few. While I think Matt Ryan's going to be better than Carson Wentz, there's a little bit of concern that, that maybe, you know, Matt Ryan could. Decline a little bit. I think it's a good coaching staff, and even if he does, they'll be able to coach around that, and he'll probably turn the ball over, uh, you know, a lot less. And and uh, this will probably be the best weapons that uh, Matt Ryan's seen in a long time. But, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, in, in a in a redraft league. He's a guy I'd like to scoop up in, you know, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th round, somewhere, you know, somewhere late where uh you got a lot of casual people that aren't paying any attention at all and uh aren't going to be aware of who he is. And, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that's down in that part of the draft that uh, I want to walk away with.
1: So the FFWC does not have the casual players, right? Some of the best players in the world. Uh Where do you think? Without looking at the board, where do you think he's being drafted right now? So you had you had mentioned a couple of rounds where you'd swoop him up. Um, where do you think he's being drafted right now at the FFWC?
0: Oh, by you smart high stakes, guys. Um, I don't know. Where's he going? Somewhere between the ninth uh, and 11th round? So 10th round?
1: Yeah, he's going between like 10 and 11. Yep, he's going wide receiver 73, 75-ish yeah. off the board.
0: So, so. like I said, the, the number I quoted from Fantasy Pros is 99. So, exactly. You're taking high stakes people who know what they're doing move him up 20 spots that sounds about right
1: yeah i i like the talent a lot right just uber athletic like you mentioned his athletic scores and what he had like that's 4.41 speed um he's got the size the frame the separation like he like he reminds me he has a lot of the same physical traits as drake london but with a little bit more speed in my opinion right and he just i think that it's going to be a perfect fit you look at all these big bodies like it just seems like Indianapolis is just going out and it's like, you know what, we're just gonna tower over everybody, right? We're just gonna throw out everybody on the field, six foot three or taller. Yeah, they got all right? these monsters. Like <laughs> they do. Like you could just like okay, you know, Jelani Woods just gonna like, you know, pick someone up with one hand like while we're
0: like, on the poll, I was gonna tweet this earlier. I was gonna ask, can, can anyone give me the, the, the sell me the case for Mo Alley Cox ahead mm-hmm. of Jelani Woods? Because I can't really find one.
1: Yeah, I yeah. He's already been in the system, one to johnny woods it's always tough for rookie tight ends to perform year one right so i think it's not just how athletic can he be and and yes he's a great receiving tight end but there's always blocking assignments this is the reason why people are going to be um not on the field as often as people would like them to be as a rookie for the tight end position because they're realistically learning two positions right they're learning blocking assignments and route trees so Jelani Woods is going to take a little bit of time to learn those blocking assignments, learn to block a little bit better for the NFL, taking on some bigger defenders. They'll probably be utilizing special packages and red zone packages and in such, such, special situations, you know, 50-50 jump balls, third third down contested catches, yeah. those type of scenarios. But I expect Moale Cox to be on the field more than him uh, in 2022. I'd say more of a rookie dynasty play. I think Jelani Woods is the answer, of course. But in terms okay. of redraft, I'd probably lean Moale Cox this year. Yeah, over. I was pretty surprised
0: in looking at, at, at that this week that that Ali Cox is about to turn 29 this year. I was kind of surprised because, you know, he wasn't able to beat – uh, Jack Doyle for years, so I, I think it, we all are kind of under the impression that molly Cox is still in his third, third, or about to enter his fourth season. So I was kind of surprised to see he's already going to
1: turn 29. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the other, the other piece too, people forget they have Kylan, Kylan Granson on the roster, right? And Kylan yeah. Granson, um, which I think might see the field a little bit more in 2022, because especially if, um, if oh, I'm why am I blanking on his name, the slot receiver, if, if uh, if thank you. If Campbell's not able to see the, the field as much, cause in college, uh, Kylan Granton ran 55% of his routes out of the slot and he's an undersized tight end. So he can actually create mismatches as well. Um, you know, running across the middle. So I'd be ex- curious to see how they involve him this year. If he's going to be involved at all, or if, you know, they're just going to move in Jelani woods altogether. So it'd be interesting to see what they do on that. Okay. Back to wide receivers. Uh, my number two, uh i'm gonna start here as wandell robinson and for me Wanda robinson this is much more of a best ball target than it is for me as a redraft target um just because you're gonna have uh, you're taking him in like round 20 round 19 round 18 round 17 wherever you know he's starting to creep up boards now that he was selected in round two but you're it, for a while he was cheap like you you were you were like you had to like take him above ADP to take him in around 20. Like he was going around 22, 23. In some of these early yeah. drafts to where it, it just wasn't being drafted. Because people were afraid of his size and, and where, where he was going to be drafted, drafted and landed and everything worked out for him. But I mean, he's being labeled as a slot receiver due to size. And I think that that would be just, you know, an underestimate, you're underestimating his abilities as a receiver, as well as a, as a rusher. I mean, he is super explosive. I mean, when you talk about his athleticism, he has the versatility to play wide receiver and running back. I I've been calling him like little Debo, right? Cause he's not, he's not the man like Debo is, but he's, he's able to really just, he's he's like that versatile where he can play both positions. I mean, he is fast as, as, fast af right confident he's slippery and he plays with a toughness and competitiveness that you just don't see from people that size it, you know it, it's just it's just a very unique combination of speeds speed and versatility i mean he has the speed to take it to the house just such a wide range of talents that can be used in creative schemes and in the nfl i expect him to <laughs> fully utilize his skill set and you look at him in open space right this is where he excels he's creative he has excellent vision you know he has he has the ability to just slip out with his feet. If he gets in trouble, his great acceleration, change of change of uh, direction, he can change super fast. You know, and you look at where he landed. Like the to me, like I was shocked at the Giants took him this early, like pick forty three right. in this draft. I don't think people were expecting that. And this is a pretty needy wide receiver core. I mean, we we've, we've been talking vacated targets all night because opportunity is king in the NFL, and they have the six most vacated targets with two hundred and twenty. 39.22% of the team's total target share. And now you add in the mix of like Sterling Shepard, right? What's his recovery time? Is he going to make the roster? Is he going to be cut? Like we we don't know, right? So that being said, like that's another 53 targets that could be distributed amongst this core. That's a lot of targets as well. So you also look at, I just mentioned, like he has the versatility to play running back as well. Can you list me the the running back that plays behind Saquon Barkley on this roster?
0: Oh, man, I just saw that earlier this week. It, is, um, it was in Buffalo last year.
1: Yep, Matt Breida. There it is, yeah. so written the name, yeah I, just, yeah, I just saw that. So you look at, there's literally nobody else there. So my expectation is that they were comfortable adding Breida, knowing that they were going to draft Wandale Robinson, probably utilize him with his versatility and throw him in the backfield a couple times, jet sweeps, whatever it may be. So I fully expect Wondell to continue that hybrid role that he had in college in the NFL level. I mean, Robinson's going right now, like I said earlier, rounds 20 to 2022 in best ball drafts, you know, and he's projected to be, in my opinion, like a wide receiver three slash four. And you can get him that late with that much upside. Like, to me, he's going to contribute his rookie season more than people are expecting to, especially with those spike weeks where we're just talking about how versatile he is, how how explosive he is. He's going to have some plays where he's going to take it to the house. I mean, he's going to have weeks where he probably puts up wide receiver two numbers in fantasy. And to me, like, that's the perfect best ball candidate and he's being drafted, like, as, you know, between, in FFWC, now, after the draft, he's being drafted as wide receiver 75 through 80, so that same, like, Alex Pierce range, and, like, round 17 through 18, so that's, for three-start wide receiver, excellent value. Who's your next one?
0: Oh, for my final, uh, you know, wide receiver, I I find myself trying to walk away from drafts with, I wanted to dig a little deeper. So I went to the fourth round and, uh, Danny gray from, the uh, got drafted by San Francisco and it was an SMU kid. You know, he didn't turn a lot of heads necessarily at school kind of flew under the radar, but speed, speed, speed. This guy brings an element of of four, three, three speed that was completely missing from San Francisco's receiving core last year. And I think that's why they drafted him in the third round. Um, Outside of Debo and uh, Brandon IU, San Francisco doesn't really have, you know, a lot of wide receivers that you're really that interested in. I mean, right now they're projected with Jawan Jennings is projected to be their number three. Um, I don't, I don't see how you don't invest a third round pick on a guy. And this is a team that's kind of built to win. Now you invest a third round pick on a guy when you had other needs, you know, you're probably not going to sit him. So I think there's a really good chance that, 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 uh, Gray, is there there a wide receiver three? Um, And right now, we know with Debo, kind of at a contract impasse. So we're not real sure, you know, this is an opportunity for Gray to come into camp and start earning a lot of targets, start getting a lot more reps and all that. But he does have a little experience, uh, you know, from the slot. He ran almost 11% of his routes at SMU from inside. Um, He excelled at uh, quick hitch routes, he was able to quickly snatch the ball and uh, turn the balls up, uh, turn turn his, his head, get his feet moving upfield. Uh, he was able to turn these short intermediate throws into big gainers, of course, with four three three speed. 3 uh, speed. You know, not unusual to see that. He was 10th in uh, FBS last season with 8.6 yards after contact per reception. So this is a kid that's, uh, like I said, he's taking these quick slants, these hitch routes, these movements like that, and he's able to quickly turn up field and that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan coveted this offseason looking for a wide receiver that could really stretch the field and open things up for Debo and for the running game and all that. That's why I like Gray as such a you know good fit and he also um he's a uh, he's plus kick return punt returner and he scored nine touchdowns in uh, 10 games for SMU got a good feel for the end zone. And again, you know like I said this is a fourth round of rookie draft so you know he's basically not even being drafted in most redraft leagues. He's probably not even. Uh, I don't know. You high stakes guys, FFWC is is uh, is he making a is he making a cut?
1: Round twenty, usually. Yeah. And it, so he's going like like ninety, like wide receiver ninety five to one hundred.
0: Right. So you're talking about you know just a final, you know what the hell. So. Hard throw. Yeah, that's exactly what you want in that area. And especially in something like best ball and in high stakes game, you want a guy who has the potential to come in and break a few long touchdowns. He's got a you know pretty open path to, to immediate playing time and a third round pedigree. And like I said, he's got that four three three speed that uh, is totally missing from San Francisco's receiving core.
1: Yeah, it's that's definitely an element that this team needs. That, that field stretcher to take off the pressure across the middle of the field. Uh I think you also hit the hammer of the nail, like that's the special teams, right? The punt returns, the kick returns, that's where they're gonna utilize him as well. That 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 lightning speed um to get down the field. And I I, I agree with you. Round twenty, that late, I mean you're looking for upside here. Like what happens. Yep. If Debo gets traded, like I don't expect it at this point, but if it did happen, like we've seen crazier shit happen in the NFL this year, right? We've seen Devontae Adams get traded. We've seen Tyreek Hill, you know, go to a new team. Like there's been so many um, things that have happened to shaken up the NFL this year. If Debo does leave, Danny Gray is going to jump up right he's going to be probably drafted four or five rounds higher just because of the target available targets that are there and the opportunity is going to be there plus everyone's always intrigued by speed especially in a Shanahan offense so i like that pick i've i have only added a couple couple shares myself in best ball but i'm going to make sure i start adding a couple more cuz i think that to me is probably more of a Uh, best ball pick if you're in you know redraft leagues you can throw them on your last pick in your round and if it doesn't work out you can replace them as well so i think it could go both ways redraft and yeah i mean you know
0: standard redraft league if you're playing with more
1: casual people you're
0: talking what 15 16 rounds i mean you can honestly just consider him a waiver priority at this point but he's a guy like if you're drafting you're smart if you're drafting late in august or early september you watch him throughout camp Watch the amount of playing times he's getting. Watch watch the amount of targets when he's on the field that he's getting. And if he's somebody who actually is competing for that wide receiver three role, or like you said, if Debo somehow isn't there or he's still holding out, then yeah, you, you definitely want to um you know start looking at him somewhere after around 12, 13.
1: Kev says, Did I reach too far taking Wandale in the fourteenth last night? No, I don't think so, man. I, I like Wandale. So I'm higher on Wandale than people though.
0: I, I haven't had a chance to draft Wondell yet. The, the only time I think he was on the board, I, I took a, a Jalen Tolbert. Uh, not, not Tolbert. Uh, um, uh, maybe it was Tolbert for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who it was. I had a choice between two of them, and and, and I went I went that route. Um, but that, that had more to do with quarterback than anything else.
1: Yep. All right, my last player tonight, and again, I took I kind of took the easy route here, but this is someone who I'm targeting like actively in drafts like i'm i'm targeting actively in high stakes in in those middle rounds i'm targeting actively in best ball high stakes like this is one of those rookies that i think i'm going to own quite a bit of and i didn't necessarily like his tape but the landing spot and the opportunities creates <clears throat> such an advantage for him to get you know put up numbers here in his rookie season that's going to be Traylon burks i mean Traylon burks he has the ideal speed and size ratio you like to see in the nfl big and physical target, good athleticism, strength, and body control. You know, he runs pretty smooth for his size, adequate turn acceleration. You know, he's actually a former All-State outfielder. I don't know if, how many people knew that, but you, that's where you can see it in his ball-tracking skills, so he can track that deep ball. And when you look at his player comps, a lot of people had him comp to A.J. Brown, and what happened? They trade A.J. Brown, they draft Traylon Burke, so they must have seen it too, right? Titans took him with the 18th overall pick, but he steps into this – wide receiver one role for this team and we talk about little to no competition there's nobody here in tennessee as well but bob wood's coming off injury great austin hooper at tight end okay well bfd right tennessee has the second most vacated targets in the league 336 that's the only one that's even close to kansas city like you mentioned earlier 64.25 percent of their target share is up for grabs and I mean, his current ADP at the FFWC is ranging from like wide receiver thirty-six to forty. He's typically being drafted in that round seven through eight round. Like, if you can grab him as your wide receiver four, wide receiver five, the upside that he has on a weekly basis to finish as a wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside on week to week, but anytime and especially with those spike weeks and best ball, like I love his ADP. I love his landing spot. I mean, I understand this is a run first team. I, I I truly do, but. Somebody has to catch the ball, and it's gonna be Traylon Burks. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's it, right? That's all six.
0: Yeah, we powered we powered through it.
1: We did. That was a short podcast tonight. Well, everybody, I'm gonna be back tomorrow. I'm gonna to be dissecting the NFL schedule here that's released right now. I haven't taken a look at it yet. Um, but I'm gonna be dissecting that tonight. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about the schedule and how to utilize the schedule. To maximize points in best ball, Uh, we're going to use FFWCADP. We're going to talk about the schedule and how to stack, how to build mini game correlations, and how to maximize those points. So come on in. Tomorrow it's going to be 4.30 Eastern, so 1.30 Pacific time for all those who are on Pacific like me. And we're going to be jumping into that uh, and discussing best ball and schedule. So we'll see you then. Have a good night. Thanks for joining.